Thanks for being here, everybody. Uh, will you help me thank one of the most uh, incredible uh, next generation team? Everybody up here uh, in, the, in, the, in the Bible teaching part was from our church, and they do a great job every single week. Will you help me just thank all our next gen uh, people for doing a great job? Yeah, incredible job. And will you help me thank our mini orchestra and these two incredible men of God on our team for doing an incredible job? You bet. You betcha. Uh, will you pray with me now? And let's see if we can get this done in 25 minutes. Here we go. Father, um, <laughs> I don't know why they're laughing, God. But anyways, um, Father, thank you for today. Thanks for every person that's here with us today. Thanks for the fact that you providentially uh, decided that each one of us should be here together. So God, will you just simply remind us of what matters most to you? And will you simply unlock these scriptures for us so that we can live a little bit more like you? We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. There's a... Thank you. Um, in a moment, we're going to sing a song. You know it very well. It simply says, silent night, holy night. Somewhere in the middle it says, holy infant so tender and mild. Then there's a little, there's a little, there's a little phrase that caught my attention this year. It says, sleep in heavenly peace. One more time, sleep in heavenly peace. My question for you is, how are you sleeping today? I wonder if there, there's anybody here who, who every time it comes to about 9, 10 o'clock, you go to bed and you have the most incredible sleep on the planet. Uh, you're in full peace and you're like, I cannot believe I get to sleep so beautifully every single night. I wonder if there's anybody because Jesus came and as this baby went to bed, he went to bed in peace even though there was conflict all around him. And I wonder today if there's anybody here who, who has the privilege of, of sleeping in peace as well. Even though we have 15 conflicts currently going on in the entire world. I wonder, it, it, it baffles me sometimes, that the baby Jesus showed up and they called him the prince of and yet still, I look across our world, and it, it begs the question, where is the peace that Jesus was supposed to have brought? Um, I don't know about you, but when you look at the text, let's, let's, let's pull it up real quick. Here's what the text says. Uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Uh, it, it says this, and I'm just wondering if you're wondering like me. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign and behold, but don't, we have guests today, don't do what you normally do. Behold, a virgin, this means this is shocking, a virgin will be with child and, and bear a son and, and, and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. But then when you go over to um, um, uh, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, here's what it says. Chapter 9 verse 6, it says this. Um, it says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Wow. And his name will be called... Okay, we got that. 
We got that. We got that. But here's the one that I want to rest on today. He then says he's called the Prince of... Hmm. This is 700 years before he actually shows up. Then he shows up in... Luke chapter 2, let's pick it up. Let's pick it up about verse 10. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And, 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 and here's what he says. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Next verse. We're going to 14. Next verse says, for today in the city of David, there, will be, there has been born for you a who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12. There, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a Next one. And suddenly, here we go. There appeared the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God. And what did they say? Next verse. They said, huh, glory to God in the and on earth with whom he is Here's the phrase I'm concerned about. And on earth, and on earth, then where is all the peace? If this baby came and he said, I am the prince of peace. And he slept while the, the teenage girl was concerned about how she would explain this to everybody else. My boy Joe was concerned because everybody else thought that, you know, um, hold on, what was going on here? Uh, everybody else was saying, Joe, did somebody else? What's up? Herod said, somebody's threatening my throne, so let me send an edict so everybody knows that we're going to kill every child on the two. So there was stress everywhere, yet still, he is sleeping. Finish it with me. In heavenly peace. Why does he have it and everybody else does not? Huh. Well, let's, let's figure out. There are three kinds of peace. Just since you asked me. There are three kinds of peace. It's all in your notes. The first one is spiritual peace. And if you have that one, it will lead to something else, which is emotional peace. Which is, if you have this one, it will lead to something else, which is relational peace. Oh, listen, but if you don't have this one, you don't get this one. And if you don't have this one, then you don't get this one. Let me say it another way. First of all, you're going to have peace that is eternal, which would lead to peace that is internal, which will then lead to peace that is external. But if you don't have eternal peace, ah, then how are you going to have internal peace? And then how are you going to have external? Let me say it another way. Here it is. All of this is in your notes. Just follow along. It says, if you have peace with God, that means you know him as your personal Lord and Savior. And then if you have that peace, then you're going to have the peace of God because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. So you're going to have the peace of God. And if you have the peace of God, then you're going to have peace within. So therefore now you can have peace with others. But yet still there's some people today that didn't get invited to your house because you don't have peace with them. Actually, there's some people that did get invited to, and they're going to be there, but you're not going to talk to them a whole lot. <laughs> Tell the truth, shame the devil today. There, there, there's some of you that, that there's some people you haven't talked to for a long time because you just can't stand them no more. 
But God says, if you have peace with God, he has already placed inside of you the peace of God. Then where is it? And why are we not acting on it? Ha ha. Which then means we'll have peace within, which now means we can give peace to others and we can enjoy peaceful relationships. So then, Pastor, please explain why there's all these wars, rumors of wars, and all this drama, not only outside, but in my own house too. Ah. You see, ladies and gentlemen, oftentimes what happens to us is we have all manner of stuff that happens to us often. First of all, we're filled with anxiety, we're filled with fear, we're filled with frustration, depression, uh, we're concerned about our kids, we're concerned about life, we're concerned about our job, and before you know it, we're filled with all kinds of doubt, insecurity, depression, sometimes even suicide. And you're, this is your life. And, and, and you're supposed to be living with the peace of God if you know God as your personal Lord and Savior. Here's my problem. He says he has given you this thing called peace. This is your life. It's filled with drama. And what God says is, I'm giving you peace because you live in your life and you're experiencing all kinds of frustration on a daily basis. And he says, if this is your life, he came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. And he says, if you put and allow me to put the peace of God inside of you, then there will be no space for anything else. Come here. However, when you live a frustrating life and you allow drama like, man, I can't stand my brother no more. Man, I can't believe my co-workers did that to me. Man, I can't stand these employees. They just don't want to work no more. They all want to work from home. <laughs> Man, I, I, I thought I had it good. I moved up to the burbs, but now I'm in the burbs. My kids ain't doing well. They're hanging out with the wrong kids, and I just don't know what to do now. I send my kids off to college, and I don't. And so instead of you having a life that's filled with the peace of God, you let all the drama fill your heart. Now, what God says is, when you come to know me, here's what I did. I deposited the peace of God inside of you so that everything else should be out of there. Now, in a moment, we're going to sing silent night, holy night, and you're supposed to be able to be the light of the world and walk out of here. This is what you're supposed to look like. There's still drama, but your life is filled with the peace of God. So, so come here. So the problem becomes, why then is the world filled with so much hatred? Because the people who house the Holy Spirit, who's supposed to demonstrate to the rest of the world what the peace of God looked like, look just like the rest of the world. So instead of being the light that we're going to ask you to be in a moment, you look like this. This is supposed to be your light. 
and now you're coming out. This supposed to be your light right here. That's how it's supposed to look. But instead, uh-huh, uh-huh, this how it look. This you, this your drama, and you allowing the drama to be drowned out. So the drama is now drawing out the peace that of God that he's placed inside of you. Ah, somebody's not feeling me today. All right, that's okay. That's all right. I have in my hand, for those of you who love long drives, I have in my hand something that if you're, if you're driving along the road and it's deer country, you're supposed to know that you need Something that will alert deer not to come across your path. Because if you don't, you're going to be driving at 60 to 70 miles an hour. And then all of a sudden, a deer is going to show up and you're going to go splat. And your whole front end of your car is going to go and be bashed in. But when you have this. Uh, when you go over 40 miles an hour, it emits a sound that the human ear cannot hear because of the high pitch of the sound. But the deer can. And when the deer hears it, the deer will stay away so that the car can go in peace. Come here to me, somebody, today. The Holy Ghost have been placed inside of you. Hold on. Let's put some Bible on it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Here's what it says. Colossians 3, 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. What's supposed to happen is the peace of God supposed to be so reigning in your heart so when you get together with that mother-in-law that you don't like and she goes wild and crazy, the Holy Ghost says, I'm going to emit a sound when you go out of bounds. When you go out of bounds mentally, even though you don't say it, it's going to emit a sound. When the Holy Spirit says, when you go, when you go malicing, when you go backbiting, when you go, I can't, I can't stand a bone in your body either. The Holy Spirit is going to give you a sound. And folk who know Jesus, who got the peace of God inside of them, supposed to obey the sound. So that means you ought to play. You ought to line. You ought to stop and you ought to do what the Bible says you ought to do, here it is, whatsoever is good. That's what you're supposed to do. Whatsoever is joyful, that's what you're supposed to do. The problem with Christians is we turn the Holy Spirit down. No wonder, since we can't show the world what the peace of Christ looks like, no wonder the world has no illustration to know how they should live and who they should turn to. So the problem is not unsafe people. The problem is you and me. Because what happens instead of walking with God in the spirit, what we end up doing is allowing malice, hatred to infiltrate our hearts so that now we're not walking in peace. 
We have stifled it. Let me tell you what the Bible called it. We have quenched the spirit. And because we have, we don't have an illustration. So when you go to work, your life looks just like the life of your co-worker who is a pagan and an agnostic and could not care one rip about Jesus. But they respond the same way you respond as if you have no Holy Ghost inside of you. So the reason you have this is to put on your bumper so that as you drive, here's one right here, here's another right here, here's another. As you drive, it emits the sound to make sure that you stay away and stay in bounds. Now, when does the deer disobey it? When the deer has identified the fact that I have heard this sound before and nothing has happened to me. So because I've heard it and I've stayed away, but nothing has happened. So when the deer get used to it and start not hearing it, all of a sudden now, the deer says, it don't, it don't seem as if there's any danger. So let me walk right into the car. And then he goes to his own fate. What does it look like for the believer? When you quench the Holy Spirit, instead of you being the light that you are supposed to be, now you join the mess of the culture instead of being the pathway for the culture to know Jesus. Watch the text now. Watch the text now. Keep your little applause. Here we go. (laughs) Why then, this is important, why then, why then, why then do we not, do we allow ourselves to quench the spirit? Isaiah 41 tells us. He tells us why. Isaiah 41, run about verse 10. Pick it up. Let me show you what it says. Here's what it says. Isaiah 41 is going to give you six reasons. Number one, you don't have to fear. Why? Because I am with you. You don't have to be anxious. Why? Because I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So then the reason... The real reason why we get all bent out of shape is because we don't trust God that he has our back. That's the real reason. When every, well, I just don't trust them. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm going to cuss them out just like they cuss me out. That's all because you don't remember who your God is. Because he has a plan for you. Flip your page over. Let me see if I can land this plane real quick. So now he says... Most people argue that the, that, the, that the number one reason for Christmas is so that Jesus Christ, the world would know he's the Savior. And you are correct. But there is also a hidden reason for Christmas that many of us forget. And the hidden reason for Christmas is that God has plans that cannot be stopped. Let me say that again. God has a plan and it cannot be stopped. Say that again, Pastor. I did say God, your God, he has a plan, and nobody, including the devil, can stop it. All right, Jesus shows up um, in Luke chapter 2, but in Isaiah chapter 7, 700 years earlier, you now have Isaiah predicting that this would happen because God has a plan and nothing can stop it. I'm going to show you a chart up here. Look at this chart on the, on, the, on the screen. Let me show you something. In the chart that you've seen here, listen, there are 63 
1,775 cross references in the Bible. The Bible is written by 40 different men, four different continents, 63,000, listen, 775 cross, what does the cross reference mean? If you look, you'll see in the middle, that tree's blocking it right here. You'll see in the middle, that comes all the way down, that's Psalm 119, because it's the longest chapter in the Bible. But every arch is a cross reference. So when Abraham said something in the book of Genesis, and it shows back up in the book of Hebrews, that's one of the 663,775 cross references. What this is showing you is that God is moving behind the scenes, talking to 40 different people, telling them stuff that the other one don't know, but he's moving behind the scenes to prove who he is and that he has a plan. And nobody can stop that plan. When you see the arch right here, and you see starting Genesis, and it goes all the way back over to Revelation, when you see starting Isaiah, and it goes right over to Ezekiel, that's all because different men are talking about the same God and the same Jesus. And they're showing cross-references. That is because God, your God, is working in the background to accomplish his purposes. Good God Almighty. Come here. What does that mean for you? Number two. Second thought it means for you then is God created you now on purpose for purpose. He created you on purpose for purpose. Which means, listen, he has a plan for you. <laughs> Just like he had one for Jesus. And nobody can stop God's plan for you. Hold on. Come here. Do you know why we worry most of the time? We worry because of the plans that we don't know about. I don't know what's going to happen to my kids. I don't know what's going to happen to the job I got. I don't know what's going to happen to the company. I don't know what's going to happen next year. I don't know if interest rates are going to go down or up. I don't know if I'm going to be able to buy a couple other rental properties. I'm in Collin County. A couple other rental properties. I don't know what I'm going to do. So what I care about, God, is I'm trying to handle the plan and manipulate the plan. And when the plan don't go well, now I start getting frustrated. Now I start getting nervous. Now my anxiety is going up all because I'm trying to figure out the plan when your heavenly father already knows the plan. Oh, God of mercy today. Come here. Number three. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Number three then says... You don't need all the details of the plan. What you need is to hold his hand. Since he already knows the plan, what you worried about the plan for, just hold the person who knows the plan. Okay, okay, okay. you're not. Let me tell you why God don't show you the plan. Let me give you four reasons. Here's why he don't show you. Number one, he don't show you because you're not going to like it when you see it. Can I get a witness somebody? If he shows you the whole plan, you're going to say, well, can I get a pass? Or you're going to say, can I call a friend? Can I call the Holy Ghost, please? Second reason, he don't show you the plan, because you would try to negotiate with him. Well, God, I look at Shanene, and Nene, uh, I'm not so sure, God, how, how, but, but, but God, give her that plan, don't give me. Because you're going to try, and the third reason why you don't need to know the plan 
is because you'd be confused. The fourth reason why is because you would be surprised by it. So can you stop worrying about the plan then? Can you stop being anxious about the plan? And can you hold the master's hand? The reason he came is so that you would have a hand to hold when you're going through the drama of your life. As you finish this year and go to the next one, instead of trying to figure out all the nuances of the plan and instead of trying to do this, well, let me do my self-help stuff and help myself, will you just hold the master's hand instead of trying to figure out the plan? Ladies and gentlemen, let's see if we can land it here. There's three things you need to know in closing. If you're going to enjoy peace, you have to experience a moment of clarity. What does a moment of clarity mean? Uh, you know it because you've seen it in the Bible over and over again. Joseph had a dream that gave him clarity. The wise man went to nature to get clarity. So Saul, who then became Paul, God had to stop him in his tracks to get clarity. Here's what clarity does. It shows you, listen, don't you ever forget this. Here's what, a moment of clarity. Here's what it does. It shows you what the real problem is and not the one you have conjured up. Here's what a moment of clarity does. It shows and reveals to you the people you met at. It reveals to you that, that most of it is not their issue, it's yours. Because you have allowed the peace of God to come out of your life. And now you're letting all kinds of stuff fill your soul instead of the peace of God. When you get the moment of clarity, the next thing you need is some humility. Because here's what God says, I oppose the proud, but I give grace to the humble. So in other words, if you still want to be arrogant, ignore him and still do your own thing. Here's what he said, no problem, but I'm against you, I'm not for you. Because anybody that puts me first, meaning you, you are now against God. So he says, if you take the humble road, follow my spirit, watch me be for you. The last thing then is that we have to do is we have to expect Jesus to help. Matthew 11 says, my yoke is easy. So will you come to me, lay your burdens down, because my yoke is easy. After this, we're going to sing two songs. The song we're going to sing next is, is one that's called, It Is Well With My Soul. The reason we need to sing this song is because you know it, that this song was written after a, a, a man lost his entire family. And in the midst of losing his entire family, he went to the place where they were lost and his word says, it is well. It is well with my soul. When peace like a river and ten death my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well. With my soul. Let me, let me remind you what that is. That means no matter the circumstances around you, the reason, the reason baby Jesus came into the world is to give you peace in your worst situation. But we can't end there. So after we sing that song, we got to sing another song. We got to sing, we got to sing a song about glory, hallelujah. Why do we have to sing that song? 
Because that's why we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Because if he didn't come to give us peace, then we wouldn't even have the capacity to handle the difficult days. The reason we can handle the difficult days is because he came as a baby. He died so that you and I can have a relationship with the Father. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have peace with God, it means you know him as personal Lord and Savior. Then he's going to give you the peace of God. Now you can interact with everybody on the planet, no matter how much they hate you. Because the peace inside of you settles you in the midst of whatever storm you go through. Can I get a witness, somebody? The reason you're going to have silent nights is because it's your job to take that peace to a dying and broken world and tell them about the Savior who lets you understand the joy of the Lord in the midst of the pain of a lifetime.